Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. I bet you didn't know that inventing activity by black inventors peaked in 1899, and it has never recovered. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of white college graduates. That's just one of the reasons why you need to know about Invent Together. When our patent system gets more diverse, our nation will get stronger and more successful. Find out how you can help diverse inventors and unleash economic opportunity at inventtogether.org. Hi, and welcome to The Pollsters. I'm Margie O'Mara, Democratic pollster with GBA Strategies. And I'm Kristen Soltis-Anderson, Republican pollster with Echelon Insights. And each week we bring you the polls driving the latest news in politics, tech, and pop culture. So we're back. We're back in the same room. We were on remote. We are now back in... Shay Kristen, which is how I put it in my calendar. Shay Kristen. And it tries to like give me other like Shay, whatever restaurants. Whenever like. I put anything in my calendar while I'm at my house, it assumes that the location I want is a law firm that's down the block from here. <laughs> I won't name it on the show because I love you all, but in case of any of you are creepy stalkers, I don't want you finding my house. But there's a, yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. a law firm in the vicinity of my home. I'm going to try that. It's <laughs> telling me that it, it thinks that that's my house. I'm going to try that. But we've had some, you know, warm weather in D.C. I went to the march over the weekend, which was really super fun. My son wanted to wear his, well, his sister's Wonder Woman costume. And he looked fantastic. He looked really cute. And not only did he, was he psyched to wear it, he wore it the whole day. We had a party after and he was still wearing it. And then he wanted to wear it to bed and it was now late. And I was like... Okay, no problem. Go for it. And then he woke up and he's like, where is my cape? (laughs) The cape fell off at some point, but we still have it. Anyway, he really – he was like flying – and skating down the ice of the reflecting pool, which was not safe, but I had lost I had lost control completely. <laughs> He's like rushing down, like this is the greatest. This day. is why you write your phone number on their arms exactly. and like large marker. <laughs> yes, because he like tried to jump off the platform at the train station. He wanted to run into an open door of a metro going the opposite direction. Oh like, no! I mean, he's oh, really no. out of control. <laughs> so, and then I saw people posting on Facebook like, "Who are these terrible parents who let their kids run on the ice of the reflecting pool?" I'm like, that's me. That would be me. <laughs> you must have seen me. That was us. But we had a really good time. Um, and warm, I, and then icy, then warm again. Kind of like the political mood in Washington this week. A little bit icy, thawing, but probably going to ice again. Well, for, it feels a little bit like we're we're on a treadmill. <laughs> kind of like that OK Go video. That's right. Here it goes again yes. and again and again. Feels like we're going to be right back here a couple weeks from now, Margie. I'm not going to lie. It, it feels to me like we are not going to resolve this government shutdown issue, even though the government's not shut down right now. So we're going to start today's show with a little talk about Mr. 41%, the stable genius that is our president. We'll talk about whether the world trusts us in the MAGA area era and a variety of other uh, factors influencing the president's um, current status with the American people. Uh, including the Russia collusion issue. There might just be a secret society of depressed people having happy hour cocktails at Old Ebbet, but we'll talk about what people think (laughs) the secret society issue is really all about. Do people think there's collusion with Russia, and do they think the case is being investigated properly? Shutdown mania. Did Republicans or Democrats get the upper hand in last week's, or I guess this week's, showdown? Time it's is only Tuesday. <laughs> you know, what it's day? like no, it's Thursday. We know those like But the government reopened on Tuesday. Oh, time is a blur. 
at some point. Yeah. yeah, you're right, because there was no traffic on Monday. Then we'll talk about the 2018 elections. How are things going? We have a Perry Undum poll on women's issues. And finally, some polling on football. Yes, because apparently there's a big game coming up. But first, our poll of the week. This is inspired. I did some focus groups this week. And, you know, you ask, you don't want professional focus groups respondents. You don't want people who, I mean, it's okay to have people who have been in a group before. You just don't want people who go and do a group like once a month or once every few weeks because the worry is that they'll just like say anything. They don't really care. They're, they're not taken by surprise. Like, oh, you're asking me a question. Let me give you an honest answer. They're like, oh, you know, I, I'm, you know, this is my time to just, you know, pop off because it's my monthly, Go do a focus group thing. So you want to make check against that. So you ask people in the screener, have you done a focus group recently? What was it on? And we looked at them. And it's okay if they've done some. And one woman in one of my groups wrote on her piece of paper that she had done focus groups on jeggings. <laughs> For those who have are, are not aware, jeggings are leggings that are kind of a hybrid of leggings and jeans. Right. Are jeggings made out of denim? I think I might be wearing jeggings if you go that broad of a definition. I mean, it's just like it's just like je- stretchy jeans. I think made out so of denim, or I are th- they like leggings that are kind of genie color? So I think I used to define jeggings as the super tight, stretchy jeans, right? Which I wasn't really into until I saw the second or third Transformers movie, which everyone has that Victoria's Secret model in it, Rosie Huntington Whiteley, and she's wearing a white blazer and what at the time I defined as jeggings. Mm. And I was like, oh, she looks real good though. Oh, I want to dress like that. Mm-hmm. I want to wear that outfit. Yes, I got fashion inspiration from a Transformers movie. I, I don't like, want any of your judgment I listeners. I feel like that was she another, fantastic. wasn't that in a Cards Against Humanity poll <laughs> from, <laughs> from a couple weeks ago? Possibly. Kristen is secretly writing the Cards Against Humanity <laughs> questions because she's really into the Transformer. Anyway, okay. Uh, so at any rate, that's when I entered the the what I will now term skinny jeans and right. I now because I I reject legging I reject jeggings I classify them as leggings that are denim colored right. and printed so I think there's a difference between jeggings at any rate in 2012 Gotham is I'm sure this would have, was like the like <laughs> intro like was this like topic B or topic C of the like, guide of the jeggings focus group was it like it's like jeggings or skinny jeans 20 minutes like this could be a like, fun <laughs> the pollsters like side project where we go into we become one of these more like narrative storytelling focus uh narrative storytelling podcasts right 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 where it's more like we do a hypothetical focus group, right. <laughs> like like we perform it. That's right, and it would be it have to be something that like everybody wants to talk about, you know. Which is, I guess, jeggings. Because when I posted this on Facebook, like after the groups were done, still like in group mode, and like I want everybody to know that somebody did a jeggings. If somebody was in a jeggings focus group, imagine what that focus group was like. And it was like one of the most popular things I've ever posted. I mean, it wasn't Thema, but it was high up there. People are like. Thank you. This was very enjoyable. So weigh in, listeners. Let us know. <laughs> Do you think jeggings are pants? I should just add, it wasn't because my client's project was not interesting. It is very, very interesting. It's just that jeggings is entertaining as a focus group topic. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm totally clarifying that. <laughs> so Gothamist did this poll. Um, non-random sample, opt-in, garbage. Several years ago. Garbage <laughs> internet. It's an old garbage <laughs> internet poll. But look, 
about five minutes before the show, I Googled jeggings and pole. And this is what came up. So everybody deal. Uh, Should tights or leggings be worn as pants? No, never. 35%. Yes, when appropriate. 65%. I feel like yes, when appropriate. I mean, that's a double barreled question. It should either be yes or no. Yeah, it should be yes yes or no. no, Up or down. Don't give the yes a qualifier. Right. But anyway. Why are we critiquing this garbage years old ball? Whatever, by a two to one margin, people say that jeggings are pants, leggings are pants. So there you go. If you are also, if you're, maybe there's, maybe they need to go back in the field and do some more qual and quant. It has been six years. I bet you attitudes about leggings have evolved. Yes. You know what hasn't really evolved? (laughs) President's job approval. 40.8%. 40.8%. So he's Mr. 41% this week. Uh, it is stable. It is stable. You know what else is stable? Uh, the president, according to himself, and according to about 48% of America, yes. Donald Trump has described himself as a very stable genius. Do you think Donald Trump is or is not mentally stable? 48% say is. 47% say is not. That then, question, I don't know what to make of that question. I know that they... I mean, I feel like the intro, like he called himself a stable genius. And then do you think he is or is not mentally stable? Like, are you supposed to answer that question differently because you've now heard the first part? Like, why are they telling you the first part? Can't you answer the second part without the first part? I wonder if it's too sort of justify why they're asking the question. Right. Like, if you just straight out of the blue are like, do you think the president is nuts? Do people get offended? But if you're explaining, like, I'm asking because the president says that he is, is that why they have to do it? I just want to say, and not to get too far afield, my dad is 91. He has taken that test, that mental stability test that the the president has taken. He couldn't pass it now, but he could have passed, he did pass it before. It is not... It doesn't like, I just want to, it doesn't mean I think one thing or another about the president's mental fitness, but it does not test like whether or not you like to tell the truth or whether you have compassion. It doesn't, or empathy. It doesn't test any of those things. It's but like, to the extent that it's you like, had, do you remember the words I said five minutes ago? Well, but that was some of the allegations, right? That in the Wolf book was the idea that like you'd talk to him in a meeting and five minutes later he would have forgotten what you talked about and would repeat things weirdly. And yeah. So to the extent that we can rule that out, I feel like that's a win for the Republic. Yeah. Like him or not, it's a win for the Republic. Yeah. It's just, it, it is not like the final word on your mental acuity, I guess I should say. Because, you know, my... Like my dad had some other, has had some other like character, you know, flaws. Like oh, they're character flaws, right? They're not captured by the Mocha test. So that's all. I'm, that's all I can tell you. Well, I had a really rough go of it watching Jeopardy the other night, so I've got some. <laughs> I got some self doubts going on. Well, we can just like uh, later on. I can be like, what was the ratio on the jeggings poll? And you'd be like, I think it was two to one. We're like, okay. My long term memory is you're ready to go. You're short. Be free. You have garbage. mental fitness. <laughs> Uh, so people generally are split on the question of whether or not Donald Trump is mentally stable, but on the question of whether he is a genius, the answer is pretty emphatically no on the part of most people. So on the question of, is he mentally stable? Um, that question, again, it breaks down right down the middle and it's in part because independents are going to independent, they split down the middle and then Republicans overwhelmingly say, yes, he's stable. Democrats overwhelmingly say, no, he's not stable. 
On the genius question, Donald Trump barely pulls half of his own party. And independents and Democrats look pretty darn similar. So that's why you have such a dramatic swing. Even Republicans are not showing up to say yes to that question in large right. numbers. Well, genius, I mean, if you just sort of look at the words and not necessarily tie them to the president per se, mentally stable is a lower bar than genius. That is true. <laughs> so that was that too. I, and I think we expect our presidents to be the first. The second one is like, the free gift with purchase. Like, that's nice. <laughs> it's nice if you get one that's a genius. That's it's better than normal. Right. That's great. And, you know, some might argue a genius is like a nice to have. Right. It's a nice to have, not necessarily <laughs> need to have. And some people are geniuses, wouldn't necessarily make good presidents. If you're mentally stable and you hire geniuses around you, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. That works for me. I mean, you the, the third requirement would be to listen to them, to, you know, execute. So this all advice. came from the ABC Washington Post poll. And... In that same poll, they also asked some questions about perceptions of Donald Trump's bias. Um, do you think that Donald Trump is or is not biased against black people? Do you feel that way strongly or somewhat? Uh, people, majority of adults say, yes, he is biased. Democrats overwhelmingly, 82% say Donald Trump is biased against black people. Uh, Republicans overwhelmingly say no. Uh, only 16% say yes. And independents, again, I, I was going to say independents going to independent, but you have 41% of independents that fairly strongly believe that Donald Trump is biased against black people, plus another 12% who say somewhat, adding to a majority. Yeah, no, these numbers are, I mean, they're upsetting. I don't know. Uh, and they've, they've gotten worse since November because the Democrat number has gone up a little bit. Right. From being, you know, a, a huge November majority to even Charlottesville, more. Yes. Right. So – yeah, I mean, these number. I mean, look, with bias, I mean, you know, bias is not as hard to quantify, perhaps, one could argue. But here, the perception is, of bias is as important as whatever the reality may be. Because if you have a majority of people in the country feel that the president of the United States is biased toward black people, that's, that's, a, that's upsetting. That's upsetting, even if you argue that it's not true, it should still be upsetting because that's a horrible thing. That's mm -hmm. a horrible thing to think about your president. And so whenever I see this, it gets me upset. But it's obviously not a surprise given the s-hole and everything else that's come out so the the other section of the abc washington post poll was on the collusion question and a big story that's been in the news over the last day has been this secret society story that uh a u.s senator came out and said oh we have these texts from these people at the fbi and they said on election night they're gonna have a meeting of their secret society which is totally the kind of thing that my friends and i text to each other about all sorts of stuff like oh yeah secret society meeting let's convene for drinks right and it's not actually like the the harry potter uh you know the resistance movement it's just people <laughs> getting drinks and being sad right it's a thing that happens <laughs> right. but and, and but making no, jokey texts about and it making jokey text about it uh probably not a thing to do if you're an fbi agent working on an investigation engaged in extramarital affairs, so I'm not condoning the text. But nonetheless, that has been the story in the news. And in this case, uh, when people are asked, do you believe that Robert Mueller, uh, who's been investigating possible ties between Trump's presidential campaign and the Russian government, do you approve or disapprove of the way he's handling the investigation? Majority approves or half disapprove or bleh. let me rephrase that. 
50%, which is half, approve of the way Mueller is handling this, 31% disapprove. Big partisan divide, as you would imagine, only 28% of Republicans say they approve compared to 71% of Democrats. But what's I think should be troubling if you are a fan of Bob Mueller and want the investigation to be taken seriously is that those numbers have declined among all party IDs since this question was asked um, back in the fall, uh, that among Democrats, it was closer to 80% approved back then. Um, among independents, it was closer to 60%. Now, again, it's right at 50 And for Republicans, the numbers have fallen pretty far. Uh, they had been closer to 40%, again, now hovering under 30 So it's not just you know, Republicans consuming Fox News and thinking there's conspiracy theories and Bob Mueller is bad. Something has driven his numbers lower, even with Democrats and independents. And they're not in bad shape, but they are worse than they were a few months ago. Yeah. And CNN also had a poll that came out in the last few days also about the investigation. And they found, you know, it's not really, I don't want to make it sound like it's a big drop, but it's not an increase in the percent that feel that the investigation of Russian efforts is serious and needs to be fully investigated versus versus it's mainly an effort to discredit Trump. It's 58-38 serious versus just effort to discredit Trump. It was 60-38 in August. You know, that number went up a little bit in terms of serious, went up to 64. Now it's down to 58. So this could just be little fluctuations. It's not some kind of massive swing. It's still a majority that feel it's serious. But it, it, I, I don't know if this is an effect of the time, if this is just you know, how, how long this is taking or some other reaction to the political climate or reaction to all this kind of sniping that's going on. I feel like people just have an opinion about whether this is legit or not. And they've had those opinions for a while and nothing has come out of the investigation to change those opinions. Either you thought people were gunning for Donald Trump from the beginning because they don't like him and they're engaged in a witch hunt and this is all sillyhood, or this is serious. Trump's probably guilty. We're just waiting for the evidence to emerge. Most, I assume most people kind of fall in one or two of those, one of those camps. Right. And we, it is not as though the Mueller investigation, we have learned that much about what he has learned. You've got these congressional investigations, right. which kind of turn into a circus periodically, AKA this whole secret society nonsense. The Mueller investigation, on the other hand, is much more locked down. And the times you learn things are like, when Mike Flynn gets marched into a courthouse because he's making a plea deal. Like, that's when we learn what's going on. Right. But otherwise, it's a little more like, I wonder what Bob Mueller's doing. So that's why I don't think these numbers have moved, because why would they move? Right. And this is something that, so, okay, I've already taken my shot at Fox News. (laughs) I'm going to take my shot at at CNN and MSNBC. I mean, I feel like there is so much attention that is paid to this investigation It is not that it's not important. It's that there's not a ton of new, interesting, groundbreaking developments. Right. And so to have it constantly consuming every single news cycle, when the new things we're learning are not that interesting or groundbreaking, like... Somebody had a meeting. Somebody had a meeting. We learned that last week, Trump might be taking questions directly from Mueller, and now we think he might, times two, maybe be taking questions from Mueller and kind of joked about it in a meeting. Like, that doesn't require its whole own news cycle. There's a lot of really important stuff happening out there in the world. And I think this is just one of those things where people have made up their minds, and they're kind of tuning it out, and they either think it's a scandal one way or it's a scandal the other way. So uh, I hear that. There is 
There is a little bit of nuance in some of these questions, just depending on what exactly we're asking that I think is worth just, you know, just knowing. One is if it's about should Trump testify, you have a much higher number or say yes. Sure. So you're going to have huge numbers. So you're going to have, you know, here the CNN poll, 78% say yes, should testify. If you're asking a question, you know, has Trump interfered or in, in, uh, with the investigation or to, has he not attempted to interfere? Then it's much narrower. It's 51 interfered, 41 hasn't interfered. Um, these questions really vary on what, you know, what we're, what we're asking. If we're asking about Trump's involvement in the investigation, whether Trump is culpable himself of colluding. We've seen that before in previous times. We've talked about that versus somebody in his campaign. Do do you approve or disapprove of the investigation itself? Do you think it's serious, gets a higher number than approve of the investigation, which I think makes sense. So, you know, so there's a little bit of nuance there. There are some people who are going to have, I mean, there's going to be a group of people here who aren't sure if they approve of the investigation, but they think it's serious and needs to be investigated. There's going to be a group that, you know, thinks it's mainly an effort to discredit Trump, but thinks he should testify. I mean, there there are some people who are going to be not totally one side or the other, but you're right. There are people who are, you know, there, there's a lot of intensity on either side. There was a Saturday Night Live skit this weekend, which I did not watch SNL itself, but I saw like a clip later. Did you see this? It's Jessica Chastain and it's kind of like a Jeopardy no. skit and she's playing like the Alex Trebek character. And it's, I think it's a game called like, Will This Matter? <laughs> Where they have like three people and they're like, this week that was reported that the president paid $130,000 to whatever, you know, Stormy Daniels. Will this matter? And someone would buzz in like, absolutely. The president's support comes from the evangelical community and they will frown on this behavior. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Nope. This will not matter. That's good. Next. It was reported last week that, you know, and so I, like, I totally filed this under that, that there are things that have been big blockbuster revelations, like the day that Don Trump Jr. just tweeted out all of his emails. Yeah. Was that the one when the reporter was like, I've been working on this story for a year and he just tweeted it out. Yeah, yeah. Like there are moments like that that I'm like, that's a big deal. That changed how I thought about this whole situation. You know, there are are moments where there's actual news. I think the problem is sometimes those moments get reported with the same kind of like breathlessness as – Things that are not nearly as significant, and so yeah, I wonder. We don't have if any it's polling just... on Stormy Daniels, by the way. Aw, shucks. Reflection of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sad about that. I'm not going to lie. Of something. Um, okay, should we talk about the shutdown? Let's talk about the shutdown. So we're recording. What is it? Thursday afternoon. There may be another shutdown looming. There may be news that changes sort of how all the negotiations are going as we speak, as we record. I think looking at the polling, I don't know if the shutdown sort of penetrated enough to have a real impact on people's views toward one party or another. It just gives people another platform on which to voice their consolidated views toward Trump, Republicans, and Democrats. Um, If you like Trump, you think he was strong. If you like Democrats, you, you know, supported what they did. Um, I don't really see, I mean, I see maybe a little bit of some of the softness among Democrats that people were talking about. I don't think that's really in the polling the way 
sort of the coverage was was going over the shutdown. And then there's also the added conversation of what how people view immigration and how you test immigration vis-a-vis the shutdown, or do you test it on its own? Yeah, so there's, you know, in the NBC survey monkey polling, overall, uh, if you're if if you add Trump and Republicans in Congress together as a single unit, then more people think Republicans were responsible. But congressional Republicans kind of escape blame a lot. Like Trump is the one that takes the fire from those who think that this is a Republican. I'll take the heat, as he said. Yeah. uh, While, you know, for Republicans, they're not placing the blame on their own side. Even even though, you know, Republicans are often uh, more than willing to tell pollsters that they loathe their own party in Congress and their own leaders. Uh, That does not seem to be the case. Republicans are not. In fact, more Republicans hold Trump responsible than hold like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan in Congress. So that's kind of that's pretty notable. Um, This question that they ask, and if if our SurveyMonkey friends or anybody at NBC News is listening and perhaps can clarify, it looks to me like they ask a question, do you support or oppose DACA? And that's the question. And it shows 66% support, 31% oppose. It's the first poll that I have seen that has Republicans outright a majority opposing DACA. Typically, when I ask, see this question asked, majorities, when you describe what you're actually talking about, right? these are kids who were brought here as children. They, you know, when you describe it, Republicans are like, oh, yeah, 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 that sounds fine. So I wonder when people see DACA, with no context or explanation. I mean, did the actual text of the question even spell out what DACA is? So I'm, I'm kind of like, in, feel like I can almost, I don't want to throw their question out, but I, I am not convinced that a significant portion of Americans could actually tell you what the acronym DACA right. is Or dreamers for that matter. And, and I actually think that more people could probably tell you what dreamers because I think mm-hmm. dreamers has been a let's see if we can find thing it. more, but I, I I couldn't find if there was actual wording in this question to see if people were given any more information about what the heck DACA is or was there an earlier question that explains it or and so here, to me, here I, I found it. Do oh, you okay. support? or oppose the DACA brackets deferred action for childhood arrivals policy, which protects those who were brought into the United States as undocumented children from being deported. Oh, and that's this question. Yes. And that's the one where Republicans 55% say no? Well, I'm assuming. It just says overall here, 6631. Oh, so well, be. then I, oh, wait, yeah. I eat my words. I mean, this would be the first question that I have seen where I've seen a majority of Republicans saying they oppose DACA when it is explained to them. Previously, that was not the case, which is bad news, I think, for Democrats, because now Republican, like the price gets higher mm-hmm. for doing this if Republicans actually believe that a majority of their party doesn't want them to do this. But that's a new development. That's different than previous polls I've seen for for sure. Yeah. Well, there's also a poll by CNN, which is, which is more important, avoiding a shutdown or continuing DACA? And on this one, even though we just saw in that NBC poll, 66% of people saying that DACA is, is a thing they support, a majority also says avoiding a shutdown is more important. Um, so it's one of those, DACA itself may be popular, but the means by which to pressure Republicans into pushing a DACA fix is in and of itself unpopular. Yeah, I mean, it, which is why everybody thinks they've got the political advantage in this situation, 
And I think it's totally unclear who actually does. Well, I mean, the other thing too is, you know, one, you have, it, it takes quite a while for people, for the shutdown to kind of make its way where people are really paying attention to it. Also, you know, you had the White House trying to make sure it wasn't as visible. They didn't want people to feel it if they wanted to go camping or what have you. So there's that piece of it. It happened over a weekend. I mean, there are lots of ways where it's a, it, it was not quite as public as maybe some previous ones during its short spell. And, you know, does it sort of reinforce this notion that, you know, government is dysfunctional, like government is, you know, we and now we've gone through this charade or not charade, this exercise of having, you know, these shutdowns now several times and, and has it lost teeth where people aren't as worried about it or as up in arms about it. I don't know. You know, on the one hand, maybe people say, oh, you know, it's just another time that Washington can't get its act together. Maybe they're saying like, oh, well, they'll fix it. They've always been, they've always fixed this. We do this sometimes and, you know, it, it ends up getting fixed. Um, the other thing that was happening a lot in Democratic circles where people were worrying are Democrats going to lose with their base because the shutdown wasn't longer. And, it, you know, the, this was also, I guess this was the, this was happening at Post, YouGov. They had a question, do you approve or disapprove how all these groups handled the shutdown? Everybody, everybody gets a disapproval ratings. Nobody gets an approve rating overall. Everyone gets a disapproval rating, whether you're talking about Demo Congress as a whole, Democrats in Congress, Republicans in Congress, your reps, President Trump, et cetera. And then they break it out among Democrats and, they, and also among Republicans. And among Democrats, uh, 47% approve of the way Democrats in Congress handled it. So 47 to 36. That's, you know, it's not great. Those numbers are kind of divided. Republicans are more clear on how they feel about their own party or about Trump. Democrats are clear on how they feel about Republicans and about Trump. So there is a little bit more of a division there. It is not this kind of like overwhelming, like the base is enraged thing. Um, you know, the other piece of this is that Democrats like to see government services keep going. So does that change the calculation for Democrats in a way that it doesn't when Republicans are part of a shutdown conversation? And I think in this case, too, I think Republicans endeavored to make the shutdown as non-painful as possible. Like there right. are things that the president has the power right. to do during a shutdown to make it more or less painful. When Obama was president, because it was kind of Republicans egging on the shutdown, it was like, all right, you want to shut this down? I'm going to make this hurt. We're going to close national parks. We're right. going to do all these things. I'm going to say, you guys did it. And in this case, Trump right. did not do those things. And so this was a very short shutdown that like wasn't a blip on most people's radar. Right. Right. But it is notable. I mean, again, most of the time, if you ask Republican voters, do you like Republicans in Congress? The answer is usually not great. Uh, or it's it's more equivocal than, you know, it's not just driven by partisanship. So that, you know, two thirds of Republicans believe that Republicans in Congress handled the shutdown well. That's that is at least good marks for Republicans from their base for this go round. We will see what deal they agree to if they agree to a deal and how that changes. But round one, but Republicans the will still go on. The pollsters will not be affected yes. by shutdown. We, we, you can't shut us down. <laughs> That's right. Are you good with people? Maybe you're organized or have a knack for numbers. Well, then chances are you've got skills that could lead to a new career. A Google career certificate can help you get a foot in the door with top employers in fast growing fields like IT support, project management, data analytics, and user experience design. It's professional-level training developed and taught by Google employees. And it's all online, so you can learn around your schedule. Put your skills to work. Go to grow.google slash certificates.
So what does this mean or has it meant anything for 2020 or 2018? 2018, I don't think so quite yet. And I'm skeptical of saying, oh, shutdown's going to affect 2018 anyways because it didn't happen. That wasn't true before. Yeah. And the shutdown in 2013 was no joke. I mean, that was like it went on for a while and it was like a whole whole mess of a thing. And it was like, oh, Republicans are so screwed. And then they we did fine in the 2014 midterm. So... You never know, um, but certainly Republicans aren't in a great position right now, though it's better than it was a month ago. So the Real Clear Politics generic congressional vote average has Republicans at 38.8%. Democrats have an eight-point advantage on them, which is good for Democrats. It's not quite the double-digit lead they had uh, a month ago. So good news for Republicans, but they're, they're still not in a happy place. Yeah. Um, and uh, 538 does an average, too, that shows something similar. They both show a similar trend, which is still Democratic advantage. There hasn't been a time this cycle for either the 538 or the RCP averages that show a Republican average in the midterms. And it is hard for me to not link this in some way to the tax bill. I mean, I know there was tons of polling that the tax bill was unpopular, but it was it was Congress – doing something. It was Republicans in Congress doing something that at the very least Republicans really like and proving that they can actually pass a piece of legislation. Maybe all it did was motivate like depressed Republicans to think, ah, maybe these guys are worth voting for. But did something else happen in the last month that would have given Republicans a boost? Like, I I think that if if you're asking me to explain my theory of what I think has caused it, I think it's at least got to somehow be involved with the tax bill. Well, meanwhile, 2020 is not looking so great. If the if the latest 2020 polling from CNN is to be believed for if you're talking if you're Donald Trump, I should say, um they tested three head-to-heads, Sanders versus Trump, Winfrey versus Trump and Biden versus Trump, and they all show double-digit leads for the Democrat. And not, you know, I guess, you know, Biden is the top-rating Democrat at 59%. Sanders gets 58%. Oprah gets 54%. I mean, they have differences here between self-reported registered voters, between, I guess, all adults or, I mean, I don't know. That's great. I mean, that's good for, like, to have that kind of technical thing for the folks who are doing the the tracking of Oprah versus Trump, and they're starting that now. I guess that's good to know that. But it, it doesn't really matter. The point is Trump is not doing well, regardless of who. No. Well, but, I, the only thing that makes me giggle about this is it's just reminding me of all those times we had, like, a Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton matchup and a Marco Rubio versus Hillary Clinton matchup. And back when we thought that's what this was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you're Donald not- Trump wasn't even like included in the polls until, you know, like the- fairly close to when he announced. Yeah. I think. I mean, anyhow, I think Barack Obama wasn't technically included in polls until pretty darn close to when he announced he was running. So. Everybody just breathe, polls this far out. Yeah, but I want to know where the... <laughs> they, they can tell you that the incumbent is weak, and that's that's fine, and that's probably not a surprise that his job approval number hovers right around his reelect numbers, and that they're not great. But uh, look, if you're on Team Oprah, I wouldn't take this as a sign of weakness versus your competitors. <laughs> Don't worry. Right, right. Instead of you like... You still do it, Oprah? A five-page... <laughs> 
presentation for Trump, I could do like just I'll just have one page for Oprah. <laughs> That's that, you can just give me one one slide. I can do it. I can cram it all into one slide. Um, that the numbers are good. You know, water's fine. Um, okay, and then there's some other stuff on the midterm. So we have sorry, I just want to go back to this because it is interesting. Even though we did the midterm ratings, but Pew did something on the midterms that I thought was interesting about people looking forward, just different ways of capturing. Obviously, enthusiasm doesn't necessarily mean higher turnout, that an enthusiastic voter counts the same as a non-enthusiastic voter in terms of people who show up to vote. And, you know, people have been, we've talked about this before on the show, people have sometimes been led astray in their models if they rely too much on enthusiasm and so on and so forth. That said, there is, according to Pew, Liberal Democrats are the most likely to be looking forward to the midterms. A real surge there over 2010, where 48% of Democrats were excited about the midter- about that election and that, that midterm, and now it's 69%, and a huge increase while Republicans have dropped from where they were. And Liberal Dems in particular went from about half of them being excited or looking forward to the midterms, I should add. Now 83% are looking forward to the midterms. That's Pretty sizable, certainly reflected in all the things we've seen out in states and places that have had voting and so on. But that that's really quite striking and is a bigger increase than you see a drop among conservatives. Well, and among moderate and liberal Republicans, they're pretty much always kind of meh on the midterms. Yeah. <laughs> right. That number hasn't moved. They were kind of meh in 2010. Yeah. They were meh in 2014. And they're meh right yeah. now. Uh, but it is conservative Republicans where there's been a pretty big swing. I mean, you saw a lot of Tea Party conservative Republican enthusiasm in 2010 and 2014. But by the way, even then, those numbers were not as high as what you see among liberal Democrats right now. Back in 2014, you had three quarters of conservative Republicans who said they were looking forward to the midterms. That's not as high as the 83% that liberal Democrats have right now. So your side's base advantage is stronger possibly than what Republicans enjoyed the last two times we had pretty good midterms. Meanwhile, our base seems slightly depressed. And this is... this is, I guess, contradicts my, oh, hey, they passed tax reform, so everybody's finally excited again. Uh, for conservatives, only 61% are excited. And this poll came from about uh, two weeks ago. So not everybody's energized. No, no. Um, and then to I want to talk a little bit about this periundum uh, survey. The folks at periundum, they – make sure they flag for us all their interesting stuff they do often on women's issues and on abortion, birth control issues of gender and sexuality. They have lots of interesting stuff, at least interesting to me. And uh, we'll link to it as always. There's a lot in there. It's quite big. And it was in time for the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, which is around the same time as the Women's March. And there was the Right to Life March and so on. So there's a, there was a lot of action on the, on the lady world, um, in the last week or so. And there's also some new Me Too polling, but we're going to just pause and put a pin in that and get back to it. I'm sure it'll be back in the news. It'll be something egregious and we'll come back to it in the next week or two. But in the Perry Undum poll that I thought was particularly noteworthy is they wanted to explore this issue of, 
you know, do you, you know, which side benefits more or might change their vote more depending on the position on abortion of a candidate? And they asked a question, and it's hard to get a real single issue voter question because you're pulling it out of the context of real candidates and you're asking people to evaluate this one issue kind of in abstraction. But it's, you know, people are still giving a response and the response means something. So their question is, switching gears to voting, are you more likely to vote for a state or federal political candidate who supports women having the right to right to abortion or is against women having the right to abortion or does it not make a difference to you? And so they, this is among – this one chart uh, we're looking at is among Trump voters, Trump women versus Trump men on one side or Clinton women versus Clinton men. There's you know quite a lot of agreement on Clinton voters and, and they overwhelmingly feel they'd be more likely to vote for a candidate. Um, among Trump voters, you know, it's it's kind of divided between more likely to support no difference or more likely to vote against uh, a candidate who supported that right. So it's not like overwhelming one direction there. You have Clinton voters far more unified on this than Trump voters. The suggestion being um, that, you know, a widening tent for on the Republican side might actually ha- pay more in dividends than on the Democratic side. Although, see, side. I interpret that as Republicans having a wider tent on the issue, if that makes sense. Like, that mm. I interpret this as within the Republican Party, there's actually quite a bit of diversity of thought on this issue, at least among right. voters. Um, so, I mean, I guess if what they're but is saying there is there diversity widening? in the candidates' positions? And on the Democratic side, there's a lot of conversation of, you know, does a Democrat need to be pro-life to win at places like Alabama, et cetera, you know? And on the Republican side, I think maybe there once was, but there's not, doesn't seem to be currently as much conversation like, do, do Republicans need to be pro-choice in order to win X, Y, and Z? There's not that same Maybe that's happening somewhere and I'm not part of that conversation. That's not bleeding into the news that I get. While there's a lot of that conversation happening on the left, it often gets aired in in the news. And so I think this question tries to get at that. Well, and I but I think what this suggests to me is that if you are a Republican candidate in a blue state and you hold a position that's kind of like, yeah, I believe X, but it's really not the most important issue to me, that 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 very well could be right where all of the Republican voters are in your state. And so just by taking it off the table, you you still may not have access to a bunch of Democratic voters, but so much party line voting happens anyways that mm-hmm. um, that in a way it, it gives Republicans in a place where they would need to be more flexible on this issue in order to get elected the, the flexibility to do so. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of my, my read of this was that it just there are Republicans who have a lot of different views on this issue. Yeah, yeah, no, totally right. I mean, you know, the point being, Democrats don't lose, and Democrats don't lose as much by being pro-choice as mm-hmm. by the flip side. So, anyway, there's some interesting stuff there, and also I thought some interesting about like views toward women's own experiences with abortion, whether or not they've supported people through their abortion process, would they want to support somebody if they had that, um, how they feel about parenthood in general. So go take a look. And last but not least, we are coming up upon the the big game. I feel like you're not allowed to call it the Super Bowl for some reason, which mm. I've now just done. And if Roger Goodell shows up and slaps us with a lawsuit, I apologize. Oh, I I, I kind of hope that happens. <laughs> like the come biggest, at us, Ginger I Hammer. Mean, like the biggest thing that happened to the bolsters in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So the uh, NFC and AFC championship games were last weekend. We are headed into a Super Bowl next Sunday, which will be uh, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots. Um, so PRRI asked a question about what people do on Sundays. Are you more likely to be in church, watching football, doing both, doing neither? And millennials are not really doing a whole lot of any of those things. Hmm. According to this poll, for all Americans, 27% say I'm more likely to be in church. 16% say I'm more likely to be watching football. 17% say I do both. 40% say I do neither. That 40% expands to 58% for those 18 to 29. 10% are church and football people. Uh, another 12% are just football people. About 20% say they are church going. So I actually thought that was pretty interesting compared to those who are 30 to 49. Like the church going does not increase that much for that next group up, but football almost doubles. Yeah. Um, and then, and then for the people who say I do both, I mean, that, that doubles as well yeah. from, so what is the NFL doing that it is not winning over younger churches are doing just as good a job winning over young people. Uh, as they did people 20 years ago, it seems, but NFL, not so much. Yeah, well, I mean, they have they have a variety of PR issues, don't they? Um, so that I probably has something to do with them. You but know, like, what we know from the polling is that young people are most likely not the ones that are like, I'm tuning out because people kneeled for the anthem and stuff like that. No, I don't even mean – I mean, I was thinking before that. I was thinking the challenges from, from the left, like, you know, concussions right. and views toward, like, and abuse think, yeah. of – you know, spousal abuse and so on. So it looks as though, again, well, now we're really going to have the NFL coming after us. <laughs> but I'm going to be watching it. It's going to be the biggest thing that ever happens to the pollsters. If Roger I'm Goodell in- attacks us. It's <laughs> like when we try to bait Trump into tweeting about us. That's right. It hasn't worked or, so far. Or trying to get Justin Bieber to, like, retweet us. <laughs> well, we let's keep one? hope alive on that front. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I hadn't really even thought until I looked at this, like, if you did both, that is like a lot of your Sunday. That's a big chunk of your Sunday oh, yes. doing both. I hadn't really thought of like your whole, this is your Sunday. Like mm-hmm. your Sunday is, you know. Let's say you go to church, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock You church, have time for lunch. You get and lunch. You have to go back now for football. This is always thrown into sharp relief for me when I turn on the Red Zone channel and the magnificent Scott Hansen who hosts the Red Zone channel says something like, everybody buckle in for eight hours of NFL action. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what? I'm going to watch this for eight hours. Oh, that's so much time. Do you know what I could accomplish in that time? Right. And then I sit on my couch and I watch eight hours of football. No, I do other things. I have my laptop on my lap. I'm moseying about the house. Right. I can't think of the last time I actually sat and watched eight hours of uninterrupted football. But it has happened before. And I have heard the Scott Hansen buckle in for eight hours and i go oh my gosh that is so much time and that doesn't even count sunday night football and monday night football that's just the one and four o'clock games yeah it's madness Hmm. it's a commitment it's a real commitment yeah no it's you know i guess not this is just one of the ways i'm kind of like a millennial huh Um, because i'm team neither all right so key findings another day another poll on oprah or on the shutdown and for being Mr. 40%, Trump's numbers on investigation, race, stability, you know, the usual, it's not really improving. Good going for my yellow, my fellow lady marchers. You're the reason Dems feel optimistic about the midterms. And my vote is no to football, yes to jeggings. 
You can find us on Twitter at at the pollsters, individually at at Margie O'Meara and at K. Soltis Anderson. We're at www.thepolsters.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, where we post links throughout the week to the stories we think are interesting and want to hear from you about. So make sure you, if you've not written a review and you like us, preferably. Yeah. <laughs> can you please have to be long. write a review? It's so helpful to us when we're getting uh, new listeners. We love all of you who share your uh, pollsters listenership, pollster nationship with others. Um, we love you guys. Yeah, we do. Thanks, everybody. Bye.